Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. So, Pastor, it's summertime. Your kids are out of school. Like, what is... What does that mean? What's your household like right now? Uh, a lot of running around. <laughs> <laughs> MJ, football, Kaya, camp, MJ working. So, so they all got something. They both got something going on all the time. So it's a lot of running around. Are you you the dad dad taxi? Yep. Let's go from <laughs> one place to another. You charge them a rate? Do they have a rate? I need to. I need to stop for real. With these gas prices, you have to. What? Especially <laughs> that truck I drive, even though I use uh, I use regular gas. I use 87. I don't use 93, 91. Oh. Mm-hmm. Are you supposed to? Nah. I'm cool. And like, you know, some, some like Tara car, she has to use 93. So it costs about the same to fill her car up than if it for the fill mine up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. How about you? How about your car? Uh, my car, my car is good on 87. Sometimes I'll put 91 in, in it just to like cleanse it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's good on, it's good on 87. But um, I don't drive it too, too much these days because i'll take the bus or like our carpool i will carpool into work mm-hmm. um but i was looking i was driving it yesterday and i was like oh maybe i'll just fill up and i saw the prices and i was like or i'll just wait it's <laughs> <laughs> so, like yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll just wait but um but yeah my car's been pretty it's it's been pretty good on gas um driving around the city doing stuff that I need to do which I really appreciate so if ever I'm definitely um enjoying these days before I get a bigger car and then that I have to fill up more often um but it's cool it's good I like that I'm in a city that has access to uh, a bus system because I've definitely been in places that don't and it's it's just a lot more difficult to get around so I'm thankful I have a car for another option, but I'm also thankful that there's other options for people that don't have vehicles or mm-hmm. personal vehicles. Um, and so I, I think those are good ingredients for uh, an effective community. <laughs> uh, welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Thorpe. I'm here with Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen, a.k.a. Oh, Dad Taxi, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> the man with the plan and so we are still in the sermon series do not disturb and this week we are talking about the sermon the ingredients for an effective prayer life faith and forgiveness and we are focusing in mark mark 11 uh, 12 through 14 and then 20 through 26 and so pastor talk to us about where we are in scripture what's going on um, in Jesus's life at this time, um, and kind of who's who's around him in this moment. 
Right. So it's, uh, it's Jesus and his disciples. And it's pretty much coming almost to the end of, uh, of his life here on earth. Um, he's just made his way through um, Jerusalem, where he's riding in on a cold and they're shouting unto him, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, they're worshiping him. Um, and then he gets to Jerusalem and uh, he sees a fig tree, he sees this fig tree and it has no figs has leaves but no figs so he curses the fig tree and uh <clears throat> excuse me and then uh, the next day um the disciples walk past the fig tree and peter is amazed that the fig tree is actually dead and it did what jesus told it to do in that moment and so jesus sees the curses the fig tree then he goes into the temple and the same thing, he sees the church not performing as it was created to. And so he says he began to flip tables and throw out the money changers because they had turned his the God's house into a den of thieves and not a house of prayer. And so um, he sees that. And, and then Peter asked the question, like, yo, how did you do all this? You know, what what made this happen? How did the how were you able to curse this um, this fig tree? And so this that's pretty much basically behind what's going on. Jesus seeing the fig tree, Jesus going into the church, Peter seeing the results of Jesus' words, and then just being astonished as well as uh, what Jesus was able to do just from words that nature oh, nature obeyed his words, right? And so Peter was just astonished by that. And so Jesus with his disciples and he's trying to help them understand um, the power of words. Yeah, um, and, that's, and that's so key, like the power of words and how we can utilize them. Because so many times, you know, like, like there's even a song that says that our words have power to defeat the enemy and having ownership over those words and how they show up in our prayer life because those are words and that's a conversation and and how we can gain our or increase our faith excuse me uh through the use of our words um and i will say as we continue on in the series and do not disturb and the charge that you've given us for praying for two minutes before we get out of bed and having these this ingredient at first i was like man he's about to give us this long list of what we got to do to have an effective prayer life it's like man we're about to have to like <laughs> it's gonna be like timed out a whole list of it just like what to do and so when it was just two things i was like hmm, all right let's let's look at that uh and with the recipe you talk about baking i was i i i like to cook i can cook it's great you can i can be creative and i was like oh i wonder how the salmon will taste with this seasoning and then these right. vegetables and I can do all that. Baking, nah, I can't do it. It's too, it is, it's almost like two by the book that I can't, like, if you don't have something, it messes it up. Right. And it, I commend all of those who do that. I feel bad for my future children because they won't have any treats. All their treats will be store-bought. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that uh, baking is a science, right? Mm -hmm. It is a complete science that you must, like you say, you got to have all the ingredients. 
and you must follow the recipe completely. And I tell the story, you know how you know we I started baking. It's just a little friendly competition uh, between uh, myself and uh, my children and my wife. We just a uh, in in house baking competition, and it's some some good things have come out of that, and it's been some interesting <laughs> things that have come out of that also. But I will say, each year um, there's only been one winner, and um, and I'm that guy, right? Uh, okay. I'm, Winner. based off their voting, you know what I'm saying? We don't bring any outside voting. All the voting happens inside. And so they have voted me as the number one baker. Uh, but, uh, and then when COVID happened, we were stuck in the house. And so I started picking up, just started baking cakes, um, something, something to do. And now I've gone away from it because I know how much sugar I put in those cakes and I know, hey, it's not needed. We don't need all that, right? Uh, and so uh, so I, that's, that's one of the main reasons I really stopped baking unless, I, and nothing tastes good that's sugar-free, right? Other than uh, that Viva, Vita Ice water. I love those waters. <laughs> there are no sugar in them and it's just, uh, no, just uh, flavored salsa water, right? Yeah, uh, but it tastes good. But anything else without sugar is, is, is basically that's supposed to be sweet. It's not that great. Uh, but um, so I, I started baking uh, using Martha Stewart's Cake Sensations. I think that's the name of the cookbook. Mm. And it's one cake. I promise you, I cook. I made it three times before I got it right. Mm. I'm talking about I throw a whole cake away like, dang. It didn't rise. It didn't rise. It's gooey in the middle. Uh, what did I do wrong? So I had to go back because, you know, you think you know it, right? Because you've done okay. it so many times. But then I had to go back and go over the steps one more time. And once I was patient enough to say, hey, I got to do this, this, and this, and follow the steps that has been given, this science, this, this product has already been tested. And, and what I tried to do had not been tested, right? <laughs> I can skip that. I can melt this butter rather than just letting it cool off. Um, mm. Or taking the butter and mixing it in. And, 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 and that's why I was messing up on like a, a, a buttercream. I was melting the butter first instead of charming the butter. Mm -hmm. That, you know... Have you and then I was jacking my my frosting was like liquid rather than fluffy, and uh, so I just learned from that and 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 that's the same with prayer. If we don't have the right ingredients, it's gonna fall flat. It's gonna be deformed. It's gonna be hard. Um, it's gonna be gooey. It's gonna be gummy. You know what I'm saying? If we're yeah. not having the proper ingredients for prayer, we're gonna we're gonna fall short of what we're asking God for. Yeah. Yeah. You give, you give some really good points in, in that analogy. Uh, and I don't know if any other bakers have reached out to you, but I will tell you, my mom did the exact same thing. She made a cake three times and she, she couldn't figure out what, what was going wrong. So it got to the point where no one was allowed in the kitchen. Not even the dog was allowed in the kitchen because, <laughs> because, uh, 
she didn't want it to to get messed up and she was she was with our she was just being methodical about right okay i'm following the steps this is what i'm supposed to do i'm measuring three four times before adding something uh, making sure everything is folded in the temperatures right in the oven all of these different things and with our prayer life i think at times we want to do it quickly right like my mom always told me, don't measure over the bowl that you're pouring it into because then you're adding too much, whatever you take off is excess, right? But in a hurry, you're like, well, I don't want to clean up that extra stuff. So I'm just going to even it all. It's okay if it's a little bit more. It's, it's all right. It's all right. And it messes up the, the end product. But being patient and being and taking that time to really focus in on our prayer life is that's where we're going to see the most results consistently. Uh, I will say reading this text it, it even um in verses 14 and, and 16 that we don't talk about um in the service but reading back through when Jesus um goes through the temple and overturns the tables like that's just like a tough day for him like I feel like he just <laughs> he woke up <laughs> mad <laughs> He goes to the fig tree. The fig tree wasn't even supposed to produce figs, but Jesus was hungry. And he's like, you know what? No, I'm not even going to deal with you. Just You're just not going to bear fruit anymore. And now all these people are, you know, uh, panhandling and selling in the temple where it's supposed to be for worship. He's mad about that. And then the disciples are like, whoa, Jesus, you said it, you know, and it's dead at the root. Yes, if you have faith and you believe the things that you say, like these things will happen. So it was it was definitely a frustrating day for Jesus. But I think it's also it shows the magnitude of his faith, because even though there are days when we are frustrated, that doesn't mean that we should move away from God. If anything, we should draw closer to him. Um, yeah, you look at this story like, uh, you know, people are like, why did Jesus do that to that fig tree? Uh, even, you know. I often like run the sermon by probably the kids or probably tear, just read the text. And that was the question. Why did he do that to the fig tree? Mm -hmm. Because the fig tree was putting off an impression of who it was, but it was not living like it was presenting himself itself. Mm. Right. This wasn't a time for figs. No, this wasn't a season of figs, but if a fig tree presented leaves, it would suggest that it had figs. So, okay. so I think this was a lesson also for the disciples to see um, that can't, you have to be what you say you are. Mm -hmm. You must operate in times and seasons, right? Here is this fig tree. Uh, the, the season of to produce figs it has not yet come, but it's producing leaves. Is as it's in uh, attention, get uh, uh, trying to get attention, right? Uh, and so Jesus goes to him and says, "Hey, you'll never, you'll never produce another fruit again." No, he like curses the tree. <laughs> then the next day, I mean, and then the same day, right? They go into the temple, and the temple is doing the same thing as the fig tree is presenting something that it was not, right? He said, you made this into the den of thieves. This is supposed to be a house of prayer. And so while they're in the temple, they are not operating like a house of prayer. It just looks like that from the outside. But when after closer examination, 
it was discovered that this is not a house of prayer. This is a den of thieves. This is a hiding place for robbers. They're, 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 they're misusing um, the sacrificial system. They're abusing it where you're supposed to bring your own sacrifice, but people are buying their sacrifice when they show up. And then they are um, buying it at a higher price than what it normally would because people say, I can't go in the temple without a sacrifice, right? And so since they can't go without, they have to pay whatever was offered there. And then the next day, as they walk past the fig tree, Peter was like, yo, yo, Jesus, this fig tree really listened to what you said. And, and, and I looked at that and I was thinking like, how can something with no ears hear? Right? How can something with no brain comprehend? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And this is, what, this is what was happening here. This tree with no brain, no ears, understands what Jesus says to it and is able to do what Jesus said because of the proper ingredients. Number mm -hmm. one is faith. Right? Yep. Number one is yeah. faith. Jesus tells them, hey, you must believe, right? You must believe. If, if, and if you believe, if you believe, you can do whatever, all right? There's some words Jesus using, wherever, whoever, um, um, no, just these, whenever, these in general terms in it, whenever you want to, whoever, right? Uh, he said, if you believe, you can tell, talk to the mountain and tell the mountain to be moved and the mountain to get up and go and jump into the sea. If you believe, mm -hmm. if you have, faith whatever you pray for you shall receive them and so i think um just reading that text that when we approach god in prayer we must have um limitless faith right there can't be any limits on our faith uh, if we really want god to answer our prayers we can't say god um i want you to give me a million dollars but uh, i don't know if you really can do it or not right <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but you got to have faith and, and, and you got to have faith that's beyond what you can see so that you can be able to believe that God has the capabilities to answer your prayers. Yeah. Yeah. That limitless faith is, uh, I think so many times we put limits on what our faith can do mm -hmm. and we really have to look outside of that. Um, a, a current example. So, I was on a conference call last week or professional development more so with the NCAA, they do an inclusion forum. And there's a, a woman on there. Her name is Haben Gurma. And she's the first deafblind graduate of Harvard Law School and, dis and a disabilities rights activist. Mm. Now she's, she's deaf and blind, right? What was so inspiring and limitless to me was that she was speaking English mm. right like just so just kind of thinking about that the fact like how do you how do you know how to like how words should sound right. how they should come out of your mouth because you're you're not hearing them from from others to to gain the cadence and she's funny so right like like comedic timing even within that and while I, while she was speaking, I just had 
I just had a not an aha moment, but a oh God moment of like, look at what you've done. Like the the back the limitations are removed. She's able to speak. She dances. She's um, likes to paddleboard, and she was surfing. So like, there's no limit to what God is able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just a really um, that really spoke to me in that moment of just as it relates to this text in the scripture. Uh, I do have something that I want you to talk through with me. Uh, so we you give us more Greek. God in the Greek. Um, is that God is the object of faith. And then you say, we aren't supposed to have faith in anything else but faith in God because our faith in other things has the ability to let us let us down. Um, but, uh, but God never fails. If we want to see miracles, our faith must be in God. Jesus says, if your faith is in God, you can move mountains. What Jesus is saying is your faith in God allows you to do the impossible things. And, and what I want to kind of ask you about is our faith is supposed to be in God. Yes. But so many times we put faith in people. How, how do we separate those two without creating a distance with people? Trust God, <laughs> right? Um, that's, I think, because... God uses people. Mm. Uh, we're the conduits, right? We, we are the vessels in which God used to produce what we need here on earth. Um, things, you know, um, like the one with the oil, you know, you know, the oil just showed up and the flower just showed up. Um, we, we haven't seen much of that in this day and age, but, uh, but we've seen people bring groceries Mm-hmm. So our faith is in God to provide us the people that we need in moments of despair. And so, yes, yes, I love my wife and she's my biggest supporter. I love my mother. Uh, when I was young, you know, she provided everything I needed. Um, I love my brothers because they, they're my dudes and my little sister love her. And I, and I know what they would do and what they're capable of doing, but none of them can meet the needs like God can. None of them uh, has the power like God has. Um, and, and so why would I put my total trust in humanity when God is greater than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. But so you're only gonna trust people to a certain place. You know their abilities, you know what they can do, you know the resources that they have. And if someone you know from the hood say, hey, I can get you this or get you that, and you know their capabilities, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna trust you to take me to the 80 yard line because you can't get me into the, in the end zone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, but God can't, God never fails. And I think, the ultimate choice that we must make as individuals is having that complete trust in God and knowing that systems fail, people let you down. But if we trust God, he has the ability of using that same failing system to make you succeed or using those mm-hmm. same people with limited resources to elevate you to where you need to go. And so that that's what I'm saying there. You know, people, people let you down, right? 
Um, I know people love me. I know people think you know, the world of me, but I'm only human. Um, I don't have all the answers. Um, I know people, when they sick, they want the pastor to come. I can't heal anybody, right? Um, um, when people die, they want the pastor there. I, I can't bring anybody back to life. But what I do bring is the hope of Christ with me. Because when people see me as the man of God, they should see how God is operating in my life and have the understanding that I cannot do the miracle, but I know the person who can. Mm. Mm-hmm. So my faith, my trust is in Christ. And so when God uses me to help others, it is God's doing rather than my doing. So that's why it's hard for me to take any credit for anything because I know that what I am doing is only by the will of God. And so whatever happens is because God allowed it to happen. That mental capacity, uh, that idea, uh, that ministry, that program, that all comes from God. And since God gave it to me, that's all I know how to do is to give him the credit. So. Uh, people of yes we trust our spouses or we put faith in our spouses or friends and but ultimately we all should be trying our best to put all of our faith in God because he is the one that is able to keep us better than anyone else Mm. yeah yeah I'm gonna leave that one (laughs) I'm gonna leave it (laughs) Uh, so into your second point, and like, uh, I guess as, you know, removing people out of it, um, and putting our, our faith in God, like this, this piece of forgiveness, which I don't know if you've ever tried to forgive anybody, but it can be very hard, especially to the level with which they hurt you, how personal it was, you know, there are people who are like, well, I don't like you. You'd be like, well, I didn't really like you in the first place. So you're like, I forgive you. God be with you, you know, and go about your day. But then there are others that know personal things about you, use those against you to hurt you, and then left you to take care of the wounds that they created, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, this is, and this is a very, uh, I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. Us, you know, we hear about people who are vindictive, who can't, who can't uh, let go and give it to God. Uh, and and I do. This is very Old Testament, but the seventy times seventy forgiveness model is that still in effect here in the New Testament or in our present that's day? New, that's New Testament. Oh, that's New Testament. Yeah, Jesus. Peter asked Jesus, "How many times shall I forgive my brother?" Seven times old testament was seven times and then jesus says 70 times seven which oh, okay so 490 times peter so was the old testament says seven times seven. seven new testament seven just seven times in the old testament yeah that's peter said should we just forgive him seven times okay um, that's and then new test okay jesus says no 70 times seven so if somebody wronged you 490 times in one day (laughs) you gotta keep forgiving them right yo this 
I think um, this sermon I got so much feedback from, right? This portion okay. of the so many people's like, oh my God, what a powerful sermon on, on forgiveness. And um, I got one mom said her son was watching the sermon and while he's watching it, he just broke down crying on, on that forgiveness piece. And people were saying, yo, hey, I need to call some people. <laughs> I need to send some text messages. Forgiveness is one of the toughest things to do, especially when the person that hurt you was one of the closest people to you. Because strangers can't hurt you like loved ones can, right? Oftentimes, as you stated, the forgiveness that that hurts the most or that's needed the most is from somebody who's close to you. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody that you don't know, they step on your foot, you like, oh, I, I, sorry, okay, I, I accept your apology, right? Jesus says here, and and he also says, is it? In uh, Matthew, after the Lord's Prayer, that if you fail to forgive your brother, God will not forgive you. And if you're living in unforgiveness, God is not hearing your prayers. Tough, right? Yeah. I think that, that, that that's, that's so tough. And, and as in the sermon I stated, after prayer, when you pray for forgiveness um, or that after someone has hurt you, you still have that anger inside of you, that get back spirit, right? That I'm going to get you back for what you did to me because I want you to feel the same pain I felt when, when, when you made me feel that pain, that emotional distress, those heartaches, that depression made me go into a black hole, made me go into a pit, made me isolate myself because of the way you treated me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want to pay back. And forgiveness is not that. Forgiveness is not hurting you the same way in which you hurt me. It's letting go of it. Um, Steve Harvey says, um, when we fail to forgive, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. <laughs> Don't make sense, right? It doesn't make angry, sense. We're angry and what we drink the poison, we hope they die because they've moved on with their life, right? They probably even forgot about how they treated us. Mm-hmm. And we're still holding that grudge. We're still angry. We're still upset. When we see them, we get that tightness in our chest, our palms start sweating our head starts to hurt we are mad you know we to the point where we want to cry and we're angry and god is saying you know you got to learn how to forgive now again as i stated during this sermon uh god wants us to forgive but he don't want us to be foolish mm-hmm. right and and if you have a spouse that's beating you you keep forgiving them over and over again at some point you got to realize this is who they are yeah you have someone that's constantly cheating on you or and and embarrassing you some point you gotta you gotta cut what the army said cut sling load let it go uh yeah you you gotta let it go um because they they are who they are and they've proven themselves unable to do anything else but what they presented to you and so, yes, we live, live in forgiveness. And that is, yo, I, I'm not, I don't want to hurt you. I let it go. 
but I also recognize that you cannot be trusted to the level of which I want to give to you. So I need to mm-hmm. give this trust to somebody else. Because sometimes we can say, oh, I'm Christian and I gotta forgive. Yes, God wants us to forgive, but I don't believe God wants us to be foolish. He wants mm-hmm. us to live in happiness. He wants us to have all the good things in the which we have to offer. And yes, I may be able to forgive you from your infidelity, your cheating, uh, your misuse of me, um, how you scandalize my name, but I also understand I got to watch you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you stole from me before, yeah, I forgive you. I'll let you come in my house, but I'm not letting you go upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to watch you wherever you are in the house, but I forgive you. But you've, you've took me through some trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to read that book, The Body Keeps Score. Um, Right, you took me through some trauma. I mean, you made me experience something that my body reminds me when I'm around you. Because God mm-hmm. didn't give us that ability to forgive and forget. Right? He didn't give us that. We don't have that tool that we can hit control, alt, delete, right? And reset, restart mm-hmm. the computer or delete some files. Or he didn't give us the recycling bin that throws some stuff in and then. Uh, <laughs> press delete all permanently we don't have that ability and especially if it's a tremendous trauma that we've experienced it's going to be with us the rest of our lives and that's why the bible says keep on praying don't stop praying because every time you pray about it god gives you strength to conquer it to endure it to go through it and then to not allow the hurt to hurt you anymore It's, it's that part, like the hurt to keep hurting you. Because what I know is, yes, forgive people. They, you know, you, you forgive them, but we don't forget. But then the, the challenge is, is like that person, like say they're a family member, mm-hmm. right? And they do come to your house and you don't let them go upstairs. They're like, aren't you, yo, you, we're past that. Not like, we, you <laughs> and just like the, the the additional trauma that that comes with the gaslighting maybe is, is a term that maybe that I think fits here is just of you know being like oh that's a lot why are you even worried about that anymore like don't think about that we've moved on ignore it it's in the past um all of that where and, the, and if you don't now you're being told that you hold grudges. Now you're a bad person because you still have barriers up from that person. That person that had access to you, you've set up walls. You're like, I forgive you, but you, you got to stay 10 feet away. And now they're upset that now, because they broke that, that trust and you are protecting yourself. Now they're mad at you and make you feel guilty for not allowing them in that space. And that can be really hard to work through. It can be really difficult. Um, if it's a sibling that you were close with, or maybe the um, you had a partner, you also have children, like those can be like really difficult spaces to navigate. And I can see where people break down and they just, they let that person back in and it just causes continual harm and hurt um, and so then the, maybe there's this doubt that lives 
in in people of you know can I ever truly forgive this person or like does forgiveness even work because if I for you know you want to forgive and forget remove this person but that they still show up they they may they show up at church too like let's not pretend that that um it only happens outside of our church walls like that happens inside too forgiveness to me is a spiritual act you need the holy ghost you need the holy ghost to really operate and live in forgiveness to help you to be able to handle that person how they treated you um, how they made you feel, and then how should you treat them moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need that, right? We struggle mm-hmm. um, with, um, with how they made us feel, and now we got to respond with how do we treat them? Now, yes, we show love, but how do we love them without allowing our love for them to cause more pain on us, mm. right? Um, how, how, do, how do we stay engaged with them without hurting us in the process? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you made me suffer and now I have to suffer by being around you. Maybe it may take a little time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it takes some adjustment but you ultimately need the Holy Spirit to help you with that. And if you don't, if you don't forgive, it, 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 it hurts, right? It hurts mm-hmm. you, even though you the one been wrong. Right, it's like double hurt. Right, even though you're the one been wrong, you the one that, yeah, but God said you have to forgive. And I think that forgiveness, it, cle- it frees us to experience the peace and the freedom of God. Because if we're living in that prison of how they treated us, and we're living in that always, that all we can think about is how other people treated us, we will always cause more damage than help even to ourselves. I've been watching mm-hmm. that, uh, the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. New show, I just, I had started watching it. And they, it was like seven kids, all of them have powers and things like that. And this one little girl, she had, she's the most powerful one. She used sound to produce like, you know, booms and explosions and things like that. And because of her, uh, her dad notices that within her. And so he suppressed her skills. She, mm-hmm. he doesn't allow them to go out and save the world like her other brothers and sisters. He gives us pills and suppress her, her skills. But then her dad dies, she gets off her medicine, and then she realizes she has these uh, large powers in which she has. And, and she destroys the world two times. Mm-hmm. Because she, began, she never lets go of how she was treated when she was a child. And so she has these great, these enormous explosions that destroys the world because of her unforgiving spirit. What? Let me just say, it just just messes things up. It doesn't help her, but it hurts everybody around her because she's still upset of how people treated her when she was a child. Now, 
I'm not saying that it's easy at all. Forgiving somebody for the wrong they've done, I'm not saying that it's easy at all. At all. That is very trying, it's difficult, and ultimately, I believe it takes time. But you must commit yourself to prayer that every time you pray, God, help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. And, and I believe you being re, uh, repeating, help me to forgive, it reminds you of the situation, but it also reminds you of your responsibility in the situation and allowing the Holy Spirit to help you do what's necessary so that God can hear your prayers clearly. Mm -hmm. That's good. So those are all the questions that I had. Um, do you have any pastoral parting pieces for the people? Yeah, if you're gonna pray, believe what you're praying. You know, big mama off soul food. She said, if you're gonna pray, don't worry. If you're gonna worry, then why are you gonna pray? Right. So that's that that's it. You you have to you have to believe what you're praying for. So you have to have faith. Not only must you have faith, but you must get down and dirty and nasty with this forgiveness thing and really address it. And like, you may not be over it, but you're still praying, Lord, forgive, help me to forgive, right? And, and I think that's so necessary. It's so necessary for you to keep praying. No, the Bible said, pray without ceasing. I said, ask and it shall be given, keep seeking and shall uh, find, knocking the door shall open and all those things are in the present tense tense, which means keep knocking, keep seeking, keep praying. Um, and that is one thing that you must remain on your prayer list until you're able to really actually commit yourself to truly not having that anger of seeing that person and want to pull out something and hurt them just as much as they've hurt you. And so that's why you must pray without ceasing and continually. I know we, we pray for things that we want, but we definitely need to pray for our attitudes and our behaviors also that that comes with um, forgiveness. Great. Well, thank you, Pastor. Appreciate you. Thank you for everyone uh, for listening. Please stay tuned for future podcast episodes here and on all uh, your platforms. And uh, until then, stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace.